Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am one of your hosts, James, and joining me is Joe. Howdy, folks. And uh, unfortunately, Chris, our other host, could not be with us today. Uh, but we do have an amazing two guests with us today. I would, um, I would say this is probably the two guests that you, w- you wanted from the beginning of this podcast. I can easily say, and I can't always say this about everyone, that if we're not for these two guests, uh, I would probably not have a lot of the memories and relationships I currently have in my life with my friends and and uh, and uh, people who have become family to me. So um, I'm we are very happy and honored to finally have on to the on the show the people who were responsible for this show and the store that it's from, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gross or Joan and John Gross. <laughs> Hi, here, here, everybody. Here. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. This is better than Donnie and Marie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, are, we are so happy to get you on the show. We, as soon as I wanted to start this podcast, we were leading to eventually get you two on, the ep- on this show and, and talk about Mint in general, because you two hold the original secret origin of Mint Condition. Uh, yeah. You were the holders of the, of the real myth of it. So... Um, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to delay the audience. I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start off right with the big question. So for both of you, what, why did you start? Why did you think of opening a comic book store? Uh, what was the impetus to that and the background for it? Well, I'll start right, John. Um, we um, we lived in South Florida for eight years, and my son Christopher had a comic book store in Coral Springs, Florida. And when we moved to New York. There was none really close to us by Port Washington, or we didn't even um, didn't even know where, where anything was when we first moved there. So I decided, and Chris, my son Chris, to open a comic store. However, mm-hmm. we um, the boy I was working at the time with for a company in the in New York, and John was working on Long Island. And Chris was going to be the person who was going to run the, sh- the show or the comic book store after he was in high school at the time and then would come and open it until like six, seven at night. Well, right before we opened the store, both John and I got laid off from our jobs. Uh-huh. And we, uh, yeah, it was uh, John picked me at the train station and he go and he had a look on his face and he goes, well, you're laid off, but so am I. And we were like looking at each other and we we're like, oh my God, what happens now? We were in the process of looking for a store. Um, that little store on Main Street, it was a house with a tiny little room. I don't know. Yes. If you yep. Remember that? Yep. And, yep. It's still there, actually. It's, it's now it's yeah. a bunch of other places, but it's still there. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, said, you know what? I'll run the store. I'll run the store full time. Wow. So um, we looked into how do you order comics and how do you order cards. We knew nothing about business whatsoever, but I was nice enough to find this comic book distributor. What was it called, John? Oh, anyway, the lady there, when I would put my orders in for the first time, she walked through the whole thing for me. And, you know, and every, and it just built up from there. I remember our first day that we opened, we didn't have a canopy or a, or a sign outside. 
so nobody really knew we were there. But the first day we opened, I remember, um, I don't know if you remember them, the, um, they were two brothers. They lived in Col- they live in Colorado now. One of them does. And we made $59 the first day. And we were like, whoopee, this is great. You know, you know we were happy. We thought, good. Then the sign went up, the little blue canopy with the yellow writing that said mm-hmm. mint condition. And from there, it just, you, you wouldn't even believe how many comic book collectors there were in town in Port Washington. It was just amazing. So wow. uh, that's how it started. You know, we just on a fluke decided Chris needs someplace to buy his comic books. Why not open a store? <laughs> and then John got into the card end of it. Yeah. And uh, there we were until it burnt down. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, before we get to the, the fire and the, and the next location from Mint Condition, yes. um, so it, it seems like, I guess you guys were off and running pretty quickly. So how did you, I guess for the ins and outs of like starting a business, you had no experience running business. How did you know which comic books to get? How did you know which baseball cards and stuff? Like, how did you guys figure that stuff out? Well, my son, Chris, was a big comic book collector since he was a young boy, you know, so he knew the X-Men, all the Marvel, the Batman. But as I said, the distributor, because I knew nothing about, and this was way before the Spawn books and, you know, all that other company that I forget what the name of that was, Image Uh, Comics. This was just like, yeah, it was just like DC and Marvel were big (laughs) ones. And there were some like Archie comics and things like that. But she walked me through every month what I had to do to order this one. Maybe you should start with 10 of these, five of those. You know, and she she was really my mainstay. I had no clue, you know, how many I was going to sell. And as you know, your money goes up in smoke the minute you don't sell a comic book. You know, you have back, yeah. back issues like you wouldn't believe. So... I eventually then um, bought a computer system. They had a comic book inventory system. So every day at the end of the day, I would see how many comics I stole, sold like Captain America and this. And then the next month I would pull that up and then I would look to see, you know, should I order more? Did I sell out? You know, it, it was a complicated thing, but we, we figured it out. Wow! Wow! And and um, and John, how did you how did you start into the the cards, or what what was like what got you into the cards, and how did you know what boxes the cards to bring into the store? Well, it started with Thomas, my other son. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he got me into it, and you know we used to go around to card shows, and when we lived in Florida, he he liked this player, that player, and it was card store here and there, and I would go in there and say, well, I, I want this particular card in this kind of condition for him and everything else. So that started me with the conditioning and everything else. And then once we opened up the store, he was the mainstay, you know, of the uh, information where he would say this player, that player, this sport, that sport, you know, hockey, basketball. And then the companies just started coming out, you know, with, with different grades of cards like uh, there was always tops, score, and flair. But then later on, 
upper, a new company showed up, Upper Deck. And then basically the, the customers, okay, started also dictating which card they liked better. Mm-hmm. And then also the players themselves, through our interests, like Shaq did with the ba- you know, basketball. and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and, sure. and you know, other guys. But basically it was, it was Thomas that started me off and he taught me a lot. And did the did the two of you for either you know Joan for the comic books and, and John for the, the the cards? Did you guys like how long were you guys running the business before you tried to get like older issues or or older cards into the store? Well, we belonged to what we uh, uh, after a while um, we would go to the comic book uh, once a year. The distributor would have a um, convention for their mm-hmm. customers. It was only for customers. It wasn't outside people. So we met a few people that own comic stores. One was my friend Milty, and it was called the Book, the Bookstop in East Meadow, and they mm-hmm. had what they call CBRI, Comic Book Retailers in, in International, or something. And it was like a club that an organization that you joined, and every month we would have a meeting in a different in some after hours. And we would meet in um, each store. We would go to East Meadow and, you know, there was one in Merrick and there was one in Baldwin. And, you know, we got to know that there were other stores and we would put our heads together of, you know, what's going to be the great seller, like when Superman died and, you know, Batman, something happened with him. And, you know, how many should we order, you know? So you start then looking and people coming in the store selling old comics so you would have a book you know with how much it was worth and we started buying the back issues off just certain people um you know we didn't never went on ebay in those days or anything like that but it just started from there where we just people came in i want to sell these books i gotta get rid of them you know my son's now married with kids he doesn't even want them anymore (laughs) (laughs) So we would offer them whatever we, you know, we felt it was a fair price and that we could sell it. And that's how we got, you know, we really never got, you know, amazing Spider-Mans from the year one or any, or action comics, you know, we didn't really get that far back, but we got some really good ones. The first appearance of people, you know, and, and, you know, some back issues that, and then of course you start your own back issues as you, uh, don't sell stuff as you may know and they become bad and then sometimes somebody missed a captain america and they would go to the bin it was like four or five months ago and there you were there it was you know yeah yeah wow and it was oh sorry joe go ahead no i was gonna say john uh john and john how did you learn the grading process did the uh cbri people help you with that you know how'd you learn how to grade the the books in the uh well we had a we had a um a guide. There's all kinds of guides out there. Right. We, we used Beckett for the cards. Yeah, I used Beckett. Yeah, and then there was a big, thick book. I forget what the name of it was for the comic books. Overstreet? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Overstreet. I saw, the, I saw the few of those uh, back. Yeah, yeah. We sell them to people too in the store. Yeah, that's right. Yes. But that's and we just use the guide, you know, as much as, you know, looking at the condition of everything, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's how we uh, got to know. And, you know, that's what I did, I, yeah. some stores I feel in those days and 
not to say anything, they overpriced a lot of their stuff, but we tried to keep it where kids could come in and we weren't ripping off the children. That's one right. thing I don't like. I never liked that about the comic book industry. You know, it, 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 and I felt that even the parents, we got, like you say, it was a family. Our store was more family oriented. It was not a, a retail store that people went in and, um, and just said, you know, I'm going to buy this today. It was all families. I knew all the kids, you know, a certain age kids. I knew adults who collected comics. We had a lot of comic book adults. So, you know, I was really proud of what we did with Mink Condition. I really was. Now, you guys laid the foundation that Richie and I were lucky enough to inherit and build and build upon. But you, 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 were, you, were, the you, Siegel, you were the Siegel and Schuster of the, of the comic book retailers yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but we really <laughs> enjoyed that store. When I had when I sold it, you know, I was very torn between, you know, um, keeping it and selling it. But it was time for me to go. I was getting older, not that old in my 40s, <laughs> late 40s. But I was time for me to get a real I've always said a real job and make <laughs> money and contribute to our family. You know, so that's why we decided, you know, the boys didn't want it. They were older teenagers you know going to college so we mm. said you know what maybe somebody and i approached rich and you know he thought about it for a while you know went home and came back and said yep we'll take it <laughs> yeah i remember the day i walked into the store and uh you guys had to tell me you were selling it and you were both looking at each other you you tell them no you tell them no you tell them you, tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to tell me i was I'm devastated like that day my customers were very special to me. Oh, we love you. you. That's why. James, you know, <laughs> that it was just, like I said, a family. I watched these kids grow up for eight and a half years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love, I mean, the original mint condition on Main Street was, you know, that when I found that place, I was like, wow, a place like this exists? Like, I, that's the first comic book store and probably the main comic book store I've been through my entire life, even through... Richie's era and working at Mint, like I've been to a few others, but like I did, like I, you were the introduction to like there was a place where the things I like could exist all together in one in one area. So yeah, yeah, exactly, the little action figures and things like that. We had a couple some T-shirts that were popped. We did a very nice business. I loved it. I loved it. It was just, it was. I can't even explain. I had people from Sea Cliffs that used to come. What was that guy's name? He was such a big comic collector that every Wednesday when the store opened, and he was an adult. He was like in his 30s and 40s. And he would come and pick up <laughs> the guy on the motorcycle, remember, with his wife yeah. or, or girlfriend? John, his um, name was. I mean, he would come and yeah, we would talk. It wasn't just running in and buying something and running out. It was just like a. they were our family. We used to buy this one kid lived in U on you Herrick's Avenue. Yeah, you know, we went to his bar mitzvah. <laughs> we bought him lunch every Saturday with Chinese food. He liked <laughs> Chinese food. He used to come with his brother and they used to sit and eat with us when it was lunchtime. So that's well, you, the type of store it was. Yeah, you established what I like to call legacy customers because your customers became Richie's customers, then became my customers. Yes. And you and that's because of the of the family the familiar atmosphere that you guys uh, set at the beginning, and yeah. I think the parents trusted us. 
Yes. Give, give oh, the kid yeah. 20 bucks, come in, and the kid would stay there all afternoon or looking at it. What should I buy? You know, and, and it was just amazing, you know, that. And then the magic cards came, and yeah. we would have the magic them playing on the, you know, the tables we would mm-hmm. set up in the store. It was a tiny store, but not on May, not, not on that one, but on Port Boulevard. We, you know, the magic came in and. We just, uh, the parents, and then I would have one day during the holidays where it was just for parents to come in. No kids were allowed. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and Yeah, and I used to sell gift certificates, and oh, oh, it was just amazing. I I really do miss those days. Yeah, the characters come in. Yeah, we had Spider-Man, we had Wolverine, we had the characters from Marvel, the the Spider-Man was uh, jumping on the back issue bins and the kids were going nuts. They were waiting outside online to get in to see Spider-Man. It was just great. And I got them through Marvel. I didn't go to some jerk in a, in a costume, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man costume. They were, I, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, somebody posted on the Facebook group uh, not that long, I mean, a month, month or two ago, one of your former customers, he has, he has like his pictures with Spider-Man at the store. And I was like, oh my God, thank God for, thank you for posting that. That's amazing. Oh, I would love to see that. Who was that? Do you remember? I forget, but um, I'll see if I can find it for you and, and message you on it. Okay, um, that would be great. Yeah, but um, wow. Well, I, I, do, I mean, before we, I guess I want to backtrack a little bit before uh-huh. we, so you had the, you know, the fire in the original store, which was devastating and, oh. um, you know, I'm sure devastating for you and devastating for, for any of the customers. So what made you guys like, you know, cause running a business, as you've described, just like getting started up and doing all that, what made you, what made you guys decide to continue the business and move locations? That'd be like a really big decision too. Yep. Yeah. I- I never, I will not forget this. I was devastated. I was walking to the store and this woman who I don't even know, because I lived like in town. So I would walk to the store every day, you know, to open it up. And she comes running to me and she says, your store's on fire. Oh my God. I was down by the pizza place. What the heck was that pizza on Main Street? I forget. But I was that, that far. I wasn't that far. So I started running to the store and actually, you know, the whole store was paper. So it right. went up a matter of seconds. And uh, um, they found out that it was a wire in one of the windows. Uh, arced or something. I don't know. They, you know, they kind of keep it quiet, the fire department. But anyway, when I saw that, I, you know, of course, we had insurance. I got the money. And I wasn't going to reopen. I said, no, John, I think this is it. One day, about, I'd say a week or two after the fire, I said, we're not doing this. You know, it's just devastating to me. And I was so sad. I was actually, like, really distraught over not being able to see my customers. So I was driving on Port Boulevard, and all of a sudden I see this little tiny thin store with a for rent sign. I stopped the car. John wasn't with me. And I look inside the window and I go, this is it. This is a sign that I am going to open in this spot. And I run home and John was home and I said, forget everything. We're opening up the store. (laughs) And then we went to Port Boulevard. You know, we rented the store. My friends from CBRI 
sent me comic books and toys and wow, wow. you know when you have nothing now you're starting from right. and and they sent me back issues and different things and I'll never forget that one of my friends had a store in Brooklyn he was very very successful he just brought a truckload of stuff to me that's amazing yeah that, wow that on Port Boulevard <laughs> I wasn't going to do it, but then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is the store. God sent me a sign. That's what it is. <laughs> and we were there, I guess, another, oh, God knows how many years there. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And I, I have to say, I relay, I've I, I told the story on other podcasts, but I don't know if you remember this. You had found, for my mom, to give me on Christmas, a Swamp Thing number one. And yeah. Yes. And, and it survived the fire and she was still able to give it to me on Christmas. So oh my God. So I have, unless you had guys have other things that you kept or moved over to the other store, I have, I think, the only remaining comic that survived the fire because you put I, it in the fire safe. I, I, yes, that there was some <laughs> old Spider-Man that was half burnt, but I brought, I brought that home. I'll never forget that, you know. And, uh, I remember that ah, something one, James. It's also survivor. Just, yeah. just like, just like <laughs> yeah. So I'm always, I'm happy, like, I mean, more so now doing the podcast, but definitely then I'm happy. Like I, I have this like relic of like, you know, a character I really enjoyed, but also all the history that goes along with that character, oh, like that comic book. <laughs> yeah. There was not much left. So somebody was on your side that day, you know, to save that comic for you. <laughs> I know. And it's, uh, it, like, I, I, I kept, I've sold a lot of pieces in my collection, but I was like, I'm never selling this book. This book is, uh, uh, this book is uh, meaningful in so many ways. So, yes, but, definitely. but you had like, um, so I would say, I mean, it's probably hard to pick, but I guess the second Genesis on Port Boulevard, was that like a bigger, like, was it, was business better? Were things better? Like, did you notice oh, a real yes. difference in yes. everything? Because we could expand. It was a little bigger. It was a very, mm -hmm. you know, long, thin store. <laughs> right. But there was so many different things that we could, that we put in the store. You know, more toys, more baseball cards, more, you know, top sets and fleer sets. And, you know, we and we had a big basement. I left everything there. Who knows what was down that basement, you know. And so, yes, we did very, very well there. Yes, it was way... And, and you know, it's more visual on Port Boulevard. People yeah. driving by, you know, who are maybe not not even from town, but going to a restaurant or going somewhere, you know, you know, they would stop in because they would see it. Oh, this looks interesting. You know, wow. and, and stop in. So it was much busier there than in the little store. Wow. So I have oh, to... I remember Mark... Chartier and his brother Ronnie, Ronald Chartier. Those were the ones that moved to Colorado. Yeah, that was the one who moved to Colorado. They were my my first customers. See that? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah that's great. Wow. And yep. um, so I have to now. Now I'm going to rewind a little bit. We'll come back to all the story. But I have. I usually when we have guests on the first time, what I ask them. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about your two answers is I always ask them, what was the thing growing up or what they remember that got them into comic books or baseball cards or science fiction or pop culture in general? So it seems like so far you both were saying it was your kids. Did, did either one of you like any of these things prior to getting involved in the store? No, oh, not really. I'm a, I, in those days, women or girls or ladies, you know, we never read maybe an Archie comic here and there. But I don't think John read a comic book in his life. 
And then I started <laughs> reading Spawn and X-Men. You know, once I had the the store opened, I really got into it myself. I used to love to read the comics. Wow. But, you know, my dad, you know, my mom died when I was a little girl, but my dad raised me and he, you know, he wouldn't even know what a comic book was. You know, it was amazing how we just got, I don't know how even my son Chris got into it, but when he started driving in Florida, you could drive at 15, he would drive him and his friends to the comic book. That was his one destination that I would let him go and, and, and you know, go by. And then when we moved, he was devastated. Because there was oh. nothing in the area, you know. Wow, that's a, that's incredible. I mean, it's just, it's amazing because you guys did so successful. And and uh, and John, you didn't know baseball cards for you or anything prior to the store either. Uh, the only thing I knew about baseball cards is that we used to take the Mickey Mantle rookie or the uh, anybody else at the time, uh, like a Warren Spahn or somebody, and put it with a clothespin on a on, bicycle. On a <laughs> I just clack down. I don't know how many Mickey Mantle cards or rookie cards or anything else that were completely destroyed okay, by uh, the spokes of, of a bicycle. Wow. That's, that's, that's what we did with baseball cards in our day. Yeah, yeah. They were like 10 cents a pack, and we would go to the deli. I was a big baseball card collector. Oh, no, that's true. I had my own baseball card, like Mel Stottlemyre, rookie, and you know, when I, I'm talking like I was 13, 14 years old. So I had a lot of cards. I don't know where they are now. I probably, my father uh, threw them out. When he uh, moved, mine is somewhere back in East New York, Brooklyn, because we moved yeah. from East, East New York to Ozone Park. Or, uh, my mother said, ah, that stuff is junk. And my brother and I had, get a rid couple of of, yeah. Yeah, had a couple of shoe boxes. I think they were left behind. Yep, wow. that's what I had. I remember my Mel my rookie. I'm sure I had an old Ryan rookie card in one of those boxes. I wouldn't be oh surprised. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, exactly. I, uh, I still have an old Mickey card. It's not his It's not his rookie, but it's probably from the 60s. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's worth. I mean, I'm going to start looking these well, things up. Well, I guess um, so. If you guys, you mean, but you're both are um, since you're, you you weren't in the comic books or the science or science fiction part of it. But it seems like you guys were into sports. So, what were your guys' sports teams and 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 sports that you followed? Oh my God, my father was a Yankee fan, like unbelievable. <laughs> he his veins they bled blue. <laughs> my father, I was born on the day that my father was watching a baseball a Yankee game. And when the doctor came out, in those days, they didn't have TVs in the hospital. He was like, I'm going home and watching the Yankee game. Yeah, <laughs> so I've been into sports for a long time. I got into the Rangers, the hockey team, oh, yeah. when my son Christopher was born and I was up at night feeding him. And I would sit in a chair and I said, what is this sport? Because my dad and none of our relatives really were into hockey. I remember that. But I got into this hockey like... I was like obsessed with it back then. Wow. She was and obsessed. She went crazy. It was like 1130 at night. It was the playoffs. Okay. And we just got cable vision back in those days was with push buttons up on top. And there were only 13 of them. And <laughs> would be, she would be feeding Chris and I'd be sleeping because I, I, I worked a regular job back then. And she was a stay at home mom. And woke me up. 11.30 one night, Rangers were in the, I think it was the semifinals, and they were playing the Chicago Blackhawks. 
and she wakes me up and she says, I don't know what the heck this is, but you've got to get up and you've got to watch this. down, <laughs> and She says, there's so much action. I've never seen anything like that. And from that point on, 72 or 73, we were Ranger fans. But yes, the Yankees were my team, and they still are. Damn straight. And my team, too. I the Rangers. I moved to Florida here, and I had the first thing I had to ask the cable company is how do I get my Ranger game? I mean, my Yankee game. Unfortunately, I have to pay extra for Major League Baseball Channel. But that's okay. I'm, a, I'm okay to do that because I cannot watch, stop watching them. Wow. And, and John, was, uh, was, yeah, was Yankees and Rangers your thing for forever? Or is that something you got into with, with um, later on? Or what was your sports team for oh, growing up? I was basically never into sports. Uh, my father was never into sports. I had an uncle who was a fan when the, oh, he was a Dodger fan. But then when they left, there was a gap. And when the Mets came to New York, that was it, pure and simple. And he took me to one or two games, but I wasn't really, you know, into it until my wife woke me up at 11.30 at night. <laughs> I don't know what this is. We both like hockey. Yeah. Just been, I, 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 I like baseball. There's nothing like a hockey game. Wow. Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Chris, our other our other host isn't here, Chris. He would he would love to dig into that more with you because his his whole thing is hockey. I mean, yeah. hockey and NFL. I think uh, is Chris's Chris's stuff. He'll be happy to hear that. An Islander fan? Who um, me? No, Chris. Oh, Chris. No, Chris is a. Um, I think he's a, a a Devils fan at heart. Okay, that's not bad. Okay. We just can't take the Islander fans. But he, <laughs> yeah, my nephew's still an Islander fan. We're going back and forth texting during the Ranger games. Oh, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. And they keep winning. So, you know, it's, it's killing them. <laughs> but they lost that last game. I was. Yeah. Sick. Well, too many, pe- too many stupid penalties. Absolutely. <laughs> you got the big guy in the other box for four minutes. And then you right into that, in the middle of that penalty, you, you draw a penalty. Yeah. That- yeah. That was dumb. That was dumb. Anyway. <laughs> well, while That's you were. Well, while you uh, owned the store, uh, uh, Joan and John, you the, they won the Stanley Cup, the Rangers, right? Absolutely. I told you that story with that kid that lived on Marino. Avenue. Yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That was. He ran all the way to my house that night. It was, God knows, 1030 at night when they won, you know. Yeah. And he's knocking on the door. I open the door and he got it. We're hugging each other and hooting and howling. Oh, my God. That was the best. That was the best. And, and, and when they had the, the parade, we we all went, to, uh, my two sons and Joan and I, we went to the city the day before, and we got up early to make sure that we were on the... The, the, the corner. The, the, the Canyon of Heroes, where the parade went, and we were right at the barricade at 6 o'clock in the morning. So we made sure that we saw the Rangers because it was... Up until that point, the Rangers didn't win the Stanley Cup. I don't know how 40 many years. years. 40 wow. years. Wow, wow. Yeah. And I just looked at her the day before. We, we, I says, we have to go to the parade. I says, the Stanley Cup is the most hardest cup to win. I, I says, so it's going, it, it's, it might only be once in our lifetime. I says, but we're going to be there and we're going to watch it. And we're still waiting. And we're still waiting. James. For that. <laughs> we're still waiting. From 1994, it was. I can't forget. June 14th, 1994, they yeah. won the Stanley Cup. 
<laughs> well, hopefully it won't be another. Well, how many years has it been now? It's been uh, well, no, what's it, well, 2022. How many yeah. that? Uh, we can't think almost 30. Almost 30. Almost, <laughs> oh, it's almost 40 years. Yeah, so, so you're due, you're due soon. You're oh due soon. God, believe that it's gonna be 30 okay, for years. Some, if for some strange reason they win it this year. Joan and I will fly back to New York and we will be at the parade if they have one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we could go back to like, let's go. Then we got, I'm glad we got the secret origin history and we got the initial start of Mint Conditions. So now we can just talk about like a little bit of the store. So, Joe, you said you had some questions lined up for, for, uh, for them. No, I just was wondering, like, I always wonder where everybody is. Where all my customers are and and you know, it just—it's just amazing how um, I remember this one kid, Orion Lily Reed, and I always wondered where are all these people? What's happened to them? Someday I would just love to. Maybe I should go on Facebook if I could remember their names and um, you know see who they are and you know where they've been. Well, there's this, I mean, there's a good handful of them in the Facebook group that we have for the podcast, but yeah. um, you said John Whittemore was there. Yeah, John Whittemore's there, and, and Josh Bernhard's there, and Rich uh, Kranjak. Rich Kranjak is there. Um, Steve Perel. How do I get in there? Um, you're already in. You're already in. Um, oh, on just, the Facebook page? Yeah, you're invited. Oh, well, <clears throat> okay. I, uh, that's where I go. I don't even know what I'm doing. No, no, no that's that's fine. <laughs> um, and I know he was, he's, I don't know if you were in contact with him, but he's in there. Is, um, Dennis is in there too. Oh, my boy. That's, yeah, Dennis, yeah. Uh, he moved to Delaware and um, I found him on Facebook. And yes, I do contact him. Dennis and I were very, very close. He was, I remember I had to have an operation and he worked like crazy hours with the publishers. And I asked him if he would run the store while I was incapacitated for a couple of weeks. And that, and that, and then I'll never forget how he just helped me out tremendously. And other things that he used to do too, Dennis Malavuk. I loved him. He was such a great person. Yeah, no, Dennis was great. I, I remember when he moved, and you know, because he was he was uh, he would you know he stayed on through with Richie, and they used and they used to we also used to go out to the movies and stuff like that. So I remember when he moved and everything. Oh, he was into the movies big time. Yeah, yeah, that was I remember that was his thing. The movies yeah, and everything. yeah. He, uh, I have, still have it. Because I love The Wizard of Oz. And one day he came in with a huge poster of the, it was the original, a replica, of course, of the original Wizard of Oz movie poster, all framed. And it was just beautiful. And also, my little, he knew I loved Jiminy Cricket. So he used to come in with the little statue <clears throat> on his birthday. And oh, he was just. An amazing, amazing person. Well, Dennis, hopefully you're listening to all this. Uh, so you'll, you'll, uh, yeah, you'll, hi, you'll, Dennis, I hope you hear me. Uh, <laughs> the best. Joe, uh, I, I, yes. I have a question for you, Joe. Sure, go ahead. Okay, now I was a baseball card person. You were a comic book person. Right. But we used to get into conversations about certain sci-fi uh, things on TV. You read my mind. You read my mind. 
Did you ever watch the complete thing of Babylon 5? I've watched Babylon 5 three times over now. I have the complete DVD. <laughs> and Babylon, except for Star Trek The Next Generation, Babylon 5 is the best science fiction show ever. Yes. Does that answer your question? I hope it makes you feel good, John, because you turned me on to that. And then James put, you know, and then James uh, just gave me the arc episodes. I loved it. Oh, good. I love it. I should say I love it. It's crazy. That was the question I was going to bring up, John. So I'm glad you brought it up because Joe Joe and I have talked about that many times that like uh, he loved the show and that he was like, I got to someday tell John Gross about the fact that I love the show now. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's better than Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, without a doubt. Deep Space. Yes. 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 Oh my God, you're bringing up my uh, memories. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we then, used to go. We used to go at it, John and I, about DS Nine versus Babylon. Yeah, and I, I was going to say too, and uh, and you used to, and, and John, you used to uh, talk with um, John Whittemore. You used to discuss Babylon Five with you. You were the two like Babylon Five guys. I remember back then. Yes, definitely, without a doubt. Does John uh, still live in town? Um, John's parents are in town. He lives in um, Brooklyn right now. Oh, um, but in New York, yeah. Yeah, but he's uh, he's still yeah he's still in. in he, I mean, I think he comes back and forth into Port Washington pretty regularly. But um, but yeah, he'll he'll love you know he'll love the fact that we're talking about Babylon Five because John was the person who got me into Babylon Five, and then I got eventually got Joe into Babylon Five. So it all came full circle eventually. Oh, that's. <laughs> Funny. Oh, yeah. goodness. I don't think I ever watched that, though. No, I wasn't did. into sci-fi. No. Well, you're into it. I mean, you got you, you told me, you know, prior to us jumping on the uh, on the on this podcast the other day, you guys are watching the Star Wars stuff, though, right? Oh, well, that's yeah. different. Oh, my God. That that is amazing what they did with Disney Plus TV and all the shows. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I, I, you know, the the Star Wars stuff has been been great. Um, you know, because Joe recently caught up on the Mandalorian and yep. is starting to work his way through Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, oh, and, I loved Obi Wan. That was so good. And uh, you guys watching the Marvel stuff too, or are you just uh, doing the Star Wars? No, stuff? No, we're just doing the Star Wars stuff. But my granddaughter's into that Marvel. Oh my God, she goes to the movies to see all the. Captain, and I've seen a couple of the movies, you know, with her, the Captain America movies, and what is, oh, does she love the Iron Man, Doctor Strange, she loves all of that. Uh, it's, it's incredible. She, it's... she actually bought a charm, <laughs> you know, they sold this charm, I think Pandora, that has the glove from Thanos, wow. and she wears it around her neck with the Iron <laughs> Man um little charm the two charms on her neck she loves them so much how old is she she's 17 oh okay no, no, no. Okay. I, I just i'm amazed because like i'm still mystified about the fact like the infinity gauntlet thanos and iron man were things that that you know were like in, when the store was around we we're like and you were running it like those were those were the current storylines and now the fact yeah. that everybody knows knows it, knows it and wears jewelry of it is amazing to me. I know, I know. Really especially is. a new generation. She's 17, you know, like, God. Back then, we were like, it was so long ago, and then here's my granddaughter. If I had that store, all of my, I have, only, I have five granddaughters. Wow. And they would have went crazy over that store, right, John? 
they would have worked that store if they were around, like I would never have to be there. They would have t- taken <laughs> over. Wow. That's a, it's, it's great. I, I'm just, like I said, I'm amazed that, uh, that the pop culture stuff of the past, which nobody knew about is, is the, is the current, like everything. I, I mean, know. You, you know. can make references and it's, it, nobody bats an eye. Whereas I remember back in the day, if you were to say Thanos or either make, if you were to make a Star Wars reference in, in conversation, people would look at you weird. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always loved Star Wars. My kids were born with Star Wars. You know, they're from that era. Mm-hmm. And they, we have never gotten enough of it. We could watch those movies over and <clears throat> over and over. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's amazing. I love, I've been loving all the stuff and, you know, I just, I'm so, I'm, I'm happy. I, I tell people like, there's so many things pop culture wise and comic book shows that I can't watch them all. And I just always remember like, there was a time when I was, I would have died to have a comic book show, let, let alone at this point, there was like 10 or 12 at the, on at the same time. That I know, I know. I can't I know. even keep up with it. So well, I guess, you know, just kind of going back to the store itself and, and all the time you were you were there, what, I guess, and between the two of you, maybe, uh, you know, for, for John, it would be sports cars, but do you remember a specific, like, piece of memorabilia or that came in the store that you were, that you were really excited about or that you purchased for the store that really stood out to you? It can be more than one also, if you've got, like, a bunch of things that came into the store that you were really either excited about or really um, just happy to get into the store. I remember an old Spider-Man book. Somebody cleaned out their attic. Their mother died. They dropped a box in front of the store. And there was an early um, Spider-Man comic in there. And I was shocked. Golden Age book. Golden Age book. Yeah. And I always had it on display up on top, you know, of the racks where the comics were. And that was very exciting to me because I never thought I would have a very old, very old book like that. And I have one memory. I was getting ready. This is something really strange. But I was getting ready to go to the CBRI meeting that night. I forget where it was. Not in my store. Somewhere else. And this one customer that I had from Manhasset comes in. And spent $998. Wow. <laughs> One sale, all cards. He was a, com- a baseball card collector, sets, all kinds of sets. For yeah, for his grandson. He bought every, and I, I called my friend Milty after he left the store. And I said, I'm going to be late to the meeting. I had a $998 sale. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, those those baseball cards, like we, I mean, I remember when I was working at the store and maybe Joe was the same guy. There was a couple of guys that came in. I don't don't remember anyone spending $900. Maybe you do, Joe, but I definitely had people who came in and bought like two or $300 worth of boxes of packs at a a click. Oh, we had, I had a Saturday afternoon where a guy comes in, it was early morning before noon. And he said, my little brother's being bar mitzvah today. How much is the Joe DiMaggio baseball? Oh so my I, God! So I said, "Well, it's, I said it's, I said it's five fifty. He goes, "Will you take five hundred cash?" And of course, I will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, yeah. he bought that guy bought my Gretzky rookie for four hundred and fifty dollars at the time. I'll never forget that. Oh, wow. That card was in there for a long time, and he came in and bought that Wayne Gretzky rookie card, and I was like, "Holy 
moly, you know, where do they get this money? Just to buy a card. But wow. he was he was a nice man. He came in a lot. He was a yeah. gray haired man, an older gentleman, maybe in those days, I was in my 40s, probably he was like 69, you know, 68. And he would come in and buy all this for his grandson. Wow, that's incredible. So that's a memory that I have that I will never forget. Oh, my God, Joe. And uh, and, and uh, John, what was like, I guess, or maybe both of you can speak to this. What was like the best, what was the best, like a sports card or baseball card you guys ever had in the store? Okay, I had one gentleman come in. And the two cards that he brought in to sell was the Wayne Gretzky rookie card and a, oh, I forget the guy, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Both at the same time. And I just looked at him. I said, are you sure you want? And he says, yes. And I opened up the book and I said, this is what it's worth. I said, I'll, 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 I'll give you 60% of book value for it if you're willing to sell it. And he sold it to me on the spot. Wow. Okay. A- I, I picked up those two cards from one person on one day. And I, I, never, I never purchased cards like that again. Wow. wow. Yeah, people with those cards, they don't really sell them that quickly, you know, and especially for a discounted price, you know. Yeah, of course. Wow. That's, a, that's incredible. So I guess, I mean... In terms of like running the store and stuff, like, did you guys like whenever something I guess good came in, you would I guess you would would you just discuss it with each other or did you think about it or would you just be like we we need this we know we can turn it over and that's why you would buy it from somebody? Yeah, we didn't discuss. He was in charge of the cards and I was in the comics. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was basically a split business. Okay, everybody knew that. Okay, I would be in after work, like anywhere from. Uh, five to seven o'clock at night. And then on weekends, I'd be there on Saturday all day and Sunday all day. So anybody who was interested in cards would come in to see me. I had my own counter at the, of course, I was pushed to the back of the store. Yeah. You were at the front. (laughs) I was pushed to the back. But anybody that come in those hours knew that I was there. They came in, talked to me. And then to the course of the regular day or whatever, Everybody that came in to the front of the building, of course, I always, you know, wound up talking with uh, John, you know, because they were, they were comic book people. I have one great memory, too, though, and this is a sad memory, but I had this little Stevie. He was my customer. I don't remember his last name. It was a big, long last name, Stevie. You must have known him, James. Yeah, the name sounds very familiar. He yeah. was a little tiny... And he, I'll never forget when he walked in the store on Main Street the first time. His father was a painter, and he was a tiny, tiny kid. Uh, you know, very short, but I, I, I would think he must have been five years old at the time that I had. Yeah, no, no, no. He was very young. He used to walk, he used to walk by himself oh. into mint condition, yes. With key child. So what happened was one Christmas, the day after Christmas... Um, he comes in and John was there and I was there and I said, oh, Stevie, how was your Christmas? You know, he goes, well, I didn't really get any presents. You know, they were, you know, I guess maybe they didn't have the money or whatever. The father had a lull in his business. My husband went down that basement and took everything we had, one of everything, brought it up in a box 
and said to Stevie, Merry Christmas. Wow, that's that's so that is like one of my greatest memories ever, you know. Yeah, you guys really took care of your customers more than like your customers. They, like you said, they were family. Like that yeah. was the environment. You know, we, we talked many times on this podcast about the environment of Mint was always a, a welcoming place. Um, it was, you know, it was not like, you, you know, you see sometimes in movies and stuff or even night movies, just like if you go on social media or out in the world, like it's, you know, the, there's places like in fandom where it's very toxic or people are not very inclusive or they're very judgmental. Yes. And uh, you guys, your store was open to everybody and, and people were, were free to like talk about like their different characters or sports and you could have a good discussion, but nobody was ever mean or, or, you know, isolating people or shutting people out. So, and that, like I said, Joe said this before, like it, that continued through Richie's era and that continued all the way through Joe's era. Oh, so, I'm mm-hmm. so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear. Well, they were two great guys anyway. So, you know, that they would continue the, the traditions that we had with the, thank people. you. That's very kind. Yeah, Mint was always family. I always uh, yeah. felt like I was going yeah. going home or going to a second home or, you know, and and you said this before when you started talking about the magic. I mean, you could be, maybe we could talk about that a little bit, but like when Richie had the store and I was working there too, like the kids would come right after school and Joe, you had this too, and they'd buy their packs of cards and some would yeah. stay oh, and play and, or someone would come and get their comics, but that was like their their home before they even went home was in condition. Oh, <laughs> so true. I yeah. totally agree with that. It was just like an unbelievable experience. I used to pass there when I didn't own it. And I was, you know, I always felt, you know, Richie was there and Joe or whoever. And I would go to Port Washington or something because we moved out in the, moved into a condo in the, in, ninth, in 2004. So I didn't know, but I used to look at it all, all the time and go like, oh my God, this was the best eight years of our lives. Oh yeah. Well, you, I guess, so, so we, with, you know, no hyperbole or anything, you really did help establish like some, a lot of your store and you, you know, being that the person you were, both of you being the person you were really helped establish a lot of the friendships that I, I still have now. Like I, I would really attribute to the fact that, um, I think it was, it was probably you, uh, it was definitely you, Joan, because I, I know, John, this wasn't your thing, but the, you got me into the Star Wars collectible card game, and that's how I got, I really got close to John through that, and John and I are still close friends, and also Josh, like, was through the card game, so you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you getting that card and recommending that we play it, or having it in the store, like, really, like, built a lot of friendships, and I know a lot of the Magic people, too, that you probably started off, oh, they God. continue, they yeah. continue. They continued on through Richie's era, and there was a few hanging on. I think when Joe was in the store too. So good for them, good. You know, it's one little last little <laughs> last story I'd like to say that once we decided to open the store, we needed a name for the store. Oh yes, this is the great. This is great. Yes, please. This is this is the so story. <laughs> we were all sitting around the the dinner table, Thomas, Chris, me, and John. That's one thing we did was eat dinner together every night. Not that everybody does that nowadays, but, and we were going around the table and my son, Thomas, I'll never forget. He goes, well, he was a card collector to begin with. So he goes, how about mint condition? And we all looked at each other and we goes, that was it. That's the name. (laughs) Wow, so that's... we attribute that to my son Thomas. Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was a great night, and then we got the ball rolling. Had George Tucker. Oh, and that was another story. 
I get my, um, Demir was another one of my customers and he had the cutest dog ever. I don't even know if you want to hear these stories, but no, we do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And I said, what kind of dog is that Demir? He would bring the dog in every day. You know, this is when I was in the small store and he goes, it's a Karen Terrier. So one Mother's Day, John surprises me with a Karen Terrier, a dog, a real dog. (laughs) And then I had to name the dog right before I knew, you know, we, I knew the dog, but I, I said, we got to name the dog. We had a contest in the store and the kids come in and drop names in a box. And one of Thomas's, it wasn't even his friend, it was somebody from the high school or the middle school was Tucker, named it Tucker. And when we, you know, that was his name in the box. And I don't, I forget what they won, like a box of cards and all kinds of... And two tickets to a Met game. And two tickets to a Met game. Wow. And we chose wow. him to go, yeah, we chose his name for the dog. Wow, that that's a great we, story. Yeah, that's how close we were to our customers. They were just like, they they were like going crazy <laughs> thinking of the name for this dog. <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of different things like that, you know. No, you, you, you guys, like I said, you guys really like. Aside from being great owners, as you as you were when you were in the store, you really set the tone for the future of the store. So, oh, oh that's you know. so great! I'm so happy to hear that. That's uh, a great we, legacy to have. Let me tell you. Absolutely, and I'm sure. It really you know, Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm I'm sure you know we have a lot of people listening who remember you and and would like to. So I guess just for our audience, how how are you guys doing now? What are you guys up to? Just so that everyone knows, like how you guys are doing. We're both retired, just like everybody living in Florida near Orlando. (laughs) We're crazy about Disney World now, (laughs) so we live twenty minutes from Disney. We both have annual passes so we can go in and out as our pleasure. And we're loving it. We're just, that's what we do. We always get into some kind of comic or Disney now. And, you know, we're watching our Star Wars Wednesdays. We wait for the for the, the episodes to come out. And we're doing great. We're enjoying life. That's great. And for... Yes, yeah, great. And for people who do remember, because I know Chris worked at the store, I was like, how's, how's Chris and Thomas doing? Oh, mm-hmm. great. Chris is still in New York. We left him there with three of my grandchildren. You know, we're very <laughs> new down here, as you know, James. We just moved about a month and a half, two months. And uh, he's coming down in July because he's another Disney freak. Thomas has his own business here right around the block from us he does it from home but he started it in his bedroom in Fort Washington and it's a um, apparel business like hockey jerseys and uh, hoodies and sweatpants and it's called Menace Sport oh wow what's where and he is doing unbelievably and he does printing for the schools you know he does t-shirts you know when they need a T-shirts. He he's into everything. Thomas coming to a pat, you know, from apparel wise. Wow, that's great. You and should, Chris uh... is doing very well with his family too. He has a great job in Manhattan, and um, yeah, that's wow. where we are. That's fantastic. I'm, the audience would love to hear that. And um, and you, if you can, um, send me when we put the show up. We'll we'll link to uh, Thomas's uh, Thomas's apparel because there'll be people I'm sure would be very interested in checking out that stuff and maybe into buying some stuff too. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll put the, we'll put that up for people. And he basically does teams though. 
you know, like a team, like if anybody has a team, you know, they need <clears throat> t-shirts for a team or a special occasion, they're having a 50th birthday party or things like that. You know, he'll, he'll print, what is it? Print screen t-shirts. He does it for any kind of occasion. Wow, that, no, that's that's great. But, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely put that. Yeah, we'll definitely put that up because if people are interested in doing that, and uh, I'm sure they'd be right. loved love to check out his, you know, because people yeah. remember. People remember. We, you know, we have like I said, people in the Facebook group who are go way back from your time, so remember oh, everything. Oh, so. good. All <laughs> right. Well, we'll we'll do that. I'll go on Facebook and put it up there. So, um, well, we we appreciate we appreciate we hopefully you will come back. We would love to have you back. Um, oh, no doubt. And uh, but before we like, before we wrap up, I mean, Joe, is there any is there any question you want to ask Joe before we that we didn't cover? Or you think we want to touch on in this episode? Well, I wonder if Joe remembers. I used to come in and we used to talk about my mom's Italian recipes. Yes, always <laughs> remember, remember that, right? Joe. The pasta fasul. Yeah, the pasta fasul. That is so good. We're still yeah. making it, Joe. We're still doing it. Ah, oh, God bless you. You yeah, know this who is, been... is John? Is a cook now. You know. Good for him. He learned how to cook, and he is an amazing cook. Great. Good for you, John. All right. Yeah, but I do remember that, Joe. My favorite thing is food. You know that. Yeah. We used to talk about that for hours at a time. Yeah. I know. And yeah, too bad. You know, I know. You know it's good times, Don. Yep. I'm so glad that you both of you were in my life. I really am. I love you I guys. I am too, Joe. Both of you too, and, and all my customers. Yeah, no, this is this has been wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I can share the same sentiments as Joe. I, I really, you know, the, the impact you left on both of our lives and, you know, our other host, Chris, even though you, you he didn't know you, you set the store up for, you know, because he made so many connections and friends yeah, from exactly. Incondition. You just, you've touched a lot of people's lives and, and really brought a lot of people together. You, even outside of the people I know from the podcast or from Incondition, there's so many other people who came to that store who found each other or, or found a place that they could yeah. call home. So we... Um, my we son, did. my son Chris, listened to all your podcasts already. Oh, good. Oh, oh yeah, he's into it. He loves it. He tells me, "Put this one on." You know, listen to this one. Yeah, I well, love. Well, I'll have to. I don't know if he. I wonder if he'd be curious of being a guest. We have to. We'd love to have him on too. If he's a fan. I wanted. I wanted him to come on, but he, unfortunately, he works. You know, so I said, "We're doing it, Daddy and I. You need to come on with us." But. He'll come on another time. You can even have him on without me and John. He is a great person, Chris, and he has a lot of memories and a lot of comics. And oh yeah, no, well, I'll reach out. We're friends on Facebook, so I'll reach out to him. But um, good, good, good. But um, you know, hopefully, um, like I said, we hopefully we'll have you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this, and you'll come back because we would like I to really have you on both of you on again. I think. Uh, you know, I think it'd be great uh, to have an episode where you two are on with Joe and Richie and you guys can all share memories about the oh, store. I'd love <laughs> to hear about my store and what, how it changed and, you know, what they did. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah, that's I think that's, um, you know, uh, well, well, we'll talk off the air, but that we would love to have that 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 episode with all of you on together to talk. Because there's a few people also in the Facebook group and previous guests who would be like, who have like questions for all of the owners. So, yeah. um, great, great. Uh, well, that thank you. Great. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. We, we really appreciate it. We, we all, like I said, we love you. Can't, can't put enough words into it to how happy we are that we get to talk to you now and how happy you are. We are that you had the store and came up with it. So I'm so um, glad we reconnected at such an amazing, <clears throat> amazing time. And, even now, it's so good to hear your voice 
as an adult and Joe. <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's, it's unbelievable to us that this could be this happened. You know, yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, um, and uh, so thank you. Thank you, listening audience for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed hearing that uh, the grosses will be back. So uh, we'll be reaching out to you for when we do that episode. And if you want to share your thoughts or connect with the grosses, um, Joan is on Facebook. So you uh, and she's in the Facebook group. So please go to uh, Secret Origins of Mink Condition uh, Facebook group and you can post stuff for them to see there or reach out to them there. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions we'll, uh, that the, you know, we can't reach them directly for whatever reason, you can send it to our email, secretoriginsmc at gmail.com, and we'll make sure they hear from you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thank you for listening, and um, I will talk to you soon. <laughs>